time for the Retirement Roadmap Podcast with registered financial consultant, Glenn Mosseller. This is the Retirement Roadmap Podcast. Walter Storholt with you today alongside Glenn Mosseller, registered financial consultant and the founder and president of Roadmap Financial Consulting with an office in Greensboro on Mears Chapel Road. Find us online at RoadmapFinancial.com and schedule your free consultation by clicking the button at the bottom of the page. That's RoadmapFinancial.com. Glenn, I am confident, so confident that today is just going to be a great and flawless show. How about you? Well, hey, Walter, I'm 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 with you. Let, I'd like to know what's behind those thoughts, though, and on your end. But I, I you know, I feel ready. I, I think we're going to have a great show today. Glenn's like, why? Why will this one be flawless and not all the <laughs> other ones? What's what's going on here? Well, I'm just setting up the segue, Glenn. That's why uh, we're talking about overconfidence. Let's see if we fall victim to maybe overconfidence on today's show. Uh, from a specifically financial side of things, uh, we're talking about how you know pride before a fall. How overconfidence can lead to financial ruin. All right, so we're going to take it all the way back to Proverbs. Uh, Chapter 16, verse 18 says, Pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. Love that. Uh, So let's talk about some of the ways that pride might manifest itself in financial planning in the form of overconfidence and some of the consequences that may come along with that. Some of the consequences of us being overconfident for today's show might be that we mess up at some point, Glenn. It could fluster us, so we're going to have to be extra careful that our pride doesn't get in the way of today's show. You ready to rock and roll today? Let's do it, Walter. All right, let's do it. All right, so overconfidence in our financial planning, we see it in uh, one way very specifically a lot of the time, I think, Glenn. Overconfidence in the stock market or our ability to manage it in our own portfolios. Do you see this on a pretty frequent basis? Yeah, you know, I mean, Walter, I mean, obviously, I mean, it's an interesting thing because, you know, typically, you know, you you have market cycles, right? And you have economic cycles. And, you know, it's been a really long time since there's really been a sustained downturn in the markets and in the economy. I mean, we've had, you know, we had obviously, you know, the challenges here of, you know, over the last year and a half or so with COVID and, and whatnot. And that, that's, that's created that's created a lot of challenges for a number of folks. It's created opportunities for others, you know, and that's that's kind of given us a, a change, you know, a major change in, in, in lots of different areas of life. But, you know, that but in just in terms of general looking at what the markets have done, I mean, really, we haven't had a major downturn that has stayed down. I mean, obviously, we had like a flash crash last year, but it quickly recovered back. But I'm talking about like, you know, true bear markets, you know, and and like, you know, in the 1990s and, you know, when 2000 hit and the dot coms, you know, all came just screeching to a halt and there was a, you know, a big crash that that really took, you know, two to three years to fully bottom out and then took a number of years to recover back. And then then we ended up, you know, with 2007, 8 and 9 and, you know, in the financial crisis and all over again, you know, things just came crashing down and took, you know, quite some time to come back. Right. You know, and so those those, you know, when you look at, you know, the overall, you know, the, the major market averages like the S&P 500 and the Dow and Dow Jones Industrials and the NASDAQ, you look at those and from peak to trough and, you know, in both of those declines, you know, things were down like 50 percent. You know, and it was just really, really ugly. And if you were still in your working years, you know, well, actually created some buying opportunities for you. But if you were in your retirement years, you know, not so much because you were thinking in terms of taking money out, maybe was beyond thinking about it. Maybe you actually were taking money out. And so, you know, how do you navigate that when things are that volatile and you and you and you get stuck because you were so overconfident in what's, you know, what the markets were going to do or what you thought they were going to do. And I, you know, I just, you know, 
you know, I, I, I'm really kind of fearful for a lot of folks out there because it's been so long. I mean, the last time the, the you know the market that that last market bottom was was uh, March of uh, 2009, right? And when here we are in you know 2021, and you know we haven't really had you know a, a, that kind of a bear market that's lasted you know for you know for you know a year or more you know since then. And, you know, in terms of the, in terms of how the markets have performed. And I just, I just think that there may be a number of folks that are out there and they're, they're a little overconfident, you know, in, in terms of what the markets might do or their ability to manage it. You know, I mean, if, if, if things are trending, you know, and, and you're, and you're, you know, sitting in the right things, well, you know, you're going to do well, but you know, when things turn the other way, you know, how's that going to work out? And, you know, is there, is there an element of overconfidence there for, for folks? And I'm, I'm, I feel almost certain that there is with, with a number of folks and hopefully they take a step back, you know, particularly if they, if they, if they hear us talking today and they, they maybe reassess a little bit, but yeah, it's a concern because it, it happens. I, I know that <laughs> I know for a fact that I've, you know, I've, I have a number of clients and, and people that I've talked to over the years that found themselves in those positions back in the, you know, the, the end of the dot coms and right, right at the, you know, the turn when, you know, 2000, it was here or 2007 and eight, and, you know, and, and, and the financial crisis, they said, there are comments where I just never thought it would, you know, would get that bad, you know? And so it's, it's, you know, history tends to, uh, I wouldn't say it tends to repeat itself, although it, you know, it's a lot of times it, it you know, it kind of rhymes <laughs> a little bit, you know, I mean, there's, there's events that, that they can create, you know, circumstances that are very similar. And so just, you know, be Aware. Be aware. Uh, that'll be a common theme probably through all of these different elements of overconfidence, I would imagine. So, yeah, we see it in the stock market quite a bit. Uh, what about overconfidence in having a certain amount of money and that being sort of the end-all, be-all of planning? Like, uh, as an example, folks often will shoot for the million-dollar mark. Hey, if I can just get to a million dollars, boom, then I can retire. Well, I mean, Walter, I mean, it's it, um, a lot of folks, you know, they, they lean on that, you know, idea a lot. It's like, okay, I'm going to save this amount and I'm going to be fine. And maybe that's true. Maybe that's not true. It really depends upon, you know, a lot of factors, right? It's like, how much have you saved? But, you know, how much are your Social Security benefits going to be? How much are your spouse's benefits going to be? Do you have a pension? Maybe yes, maybe no. Are you going to inherit something that might, you know, or your spouse inherit, you know, some monies that, that might influence things? To, you know, what? And the other big thing is, what does your lifestyle need, right? You know, in terms of how much money do you need in, in, in order to, on a month-to-month basis, in, you know, in your income plan, to have the lifestyle that you want to have? You know, it means for some people, a million dollars isn't going to be anywhere near enough. You know, for other folks, you know, they, you know, with all things considered, you know, with their Social Security, possibly a pension, they might not need anywhere close to that. Right. It's, you know, you can't really just pick a number per se in general. I mean, you, maybe, you know, as you do a little bit more, you know, intricate planning and, and detailed planning about your own situation, you may be able to, you know, to arrive at a particular number. But again, it's, it's how does that how does that factor into, you know, or interact with all the rest of the things that you have that, you know, that are going to be, you know, there for you in your retirement years. And, and, you know, so it's, you know, it's something that, that it's, it's an element of it, but there's a lot of other pieces. And certainly I think you maybe could put a little bit more stock in that idea if you've done more planning and realize, well, what does that certain amount of money being saved really mean in the context of everything else that, that, that that's going to be present there in your retirement? You with me, Walter? I'm with you all the way. Makes a lot of sense. So we see overconfidence in the stock market, overconfidence in just kind of targeting that one number 
tend to ignore some of the other important factors of retirement. Now, sometimes, Glenn, if we can just follow the rules, it might make life a little bit easier on us. But sometimes we can have overconfidence in those rules of thumb, at least in as it works in the financial world. A good one that might be an example there would be that 4% quote-unquote rule, right? Like I can just withdraw 4% every year and be okay. Right. A lot of people have heard of the of the four percent rule, but you know, the, there's a lot of folks don't really know where that where that came from, and you know the you know the the thought process, and you know the you know what went into creating that formula, right? And so the idea, you know, theoretically anyway, is is that you're, you know, you ought to be able to withdraw four percent of your portfolio value, you know, each year, and you know, like if you retire at sixty five, it should last you through life expectancy. Right. That's the premise. The thing is that, you know, that 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 whole premise was developed back in the 90s. And back then, interest rates were significantly higher than they are today. Right. And so, you know, and the idea was, is that, you know, that, there were, you know, as you retire, you know, you might, you know, reposition your portfolio a little bit where you can you could draw some you could draw interest from, you know, from different different parts of your portfolio. And then you would be able to do just that, you know, withdraw that four percent and everything would turn out just fine. Well, I mean, the challenge is, is there's there's a couple things there. Number one is, is that interest rates are nowhere near as high as they used to be. Right. And so that 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 brings the four percent rule or, or, you know, guideline, you know, into into a little bit of question. You also have the, the reality of is, is that that markets go up and markets go down. And for a lot of folks, that also means that their that their portfolios or their retirement accounts, you know, have those you know large swings. Right. And, you know, having those large swings when you're when you're when you're working and you're in your working years, is you know the, you know you would anticipate that and and certainly you're going to anticipate that some of those things might happen in the retirement years but when you're drawing money out you know and you're and you're and you're and you're either being forced to by required minimum distributions or by the plan that you've put together that you're planning on withdrawing money out of that you know out of those accounts you know the, the one of the big questions is is how much volatility is there you know i mean if you're taking that kind of a withdrawal rate out and your accounts have the ability to go down, you know, pretty substantially, and you start and you continue to draw out at that, at you know, at that rate, you know, you you may be in a scenario where all of a sudden, you know, the money doesn't last as long because you're having to take money out of, you know, out of a, you know, a, uh, an account that is it has lost a lot of value. And the challenge is, is that if you say, well, you know, you stay with a four percent of of whatever it's worth, well, that's kind of hard to do if you, you know, if your lifestyle or, or your bills are are at you know at a certain level, right? If the value of your accounts goes down, that doesn't mean that your that your bills are going to go down with them. The, your normally your bills are going to stay the same, if not go higher. You know, in a lot of cases, because you know one of the things that's in the news today isn't you know is is a, is a lot about inflation. Right. That's a whole nother piece. It's like, you know, what, what do you do? It's, you know, if, I mean, what happens if we if we go into an inflationary time and at, at the same time, you know, the interest rates are, are not really, you know, they're not really that high. And your overall your overall account values have dropped significantly. And yet things are costing more. Right. I mean, what if we what if we go through a scenario like that? And, you know, that's not that's not a wild reach to think that that was something like that could happen. I mean, a lot of people are actually, you know, predicting that to happen. So, you know, putting a whole, you know, a whole lot of you know confidence or, or just completely relying and saying, oh, well, I know that I can take out four percent. Well, maybe yes, maybe no. I just be I, I you know, a word to the wise. I mean, don't 
you know, this is the whole theme of the show is, this, you know, overconfidence. You need to make sure that you've got pieces in place in your in your overall plan that are going to allow you to do to do things. There has to be some basis for you to put that kind of belief behind that kind of a rule or that kind of a, of a you know, of an operating principle. You know, you can't just just assume on blind faith that it's going to work out that way. There's got to be something to, you know, substantial that's going to back that up, if that makes sense, Walter. It does make sense. Yep. We're seeing where overconfidence can kind of thread its way into a lot of the different parts of the planning process and of our financial lives. One reason why we've got to be a little bit careful, a little bit humbled when it comes to uh, these different elements. Another one here, Glenn, would be overconfidence in our own understanding of how certain products might work. Uh, where do you right. see this happen? Well, Walter, I mean, I, I see this happen a lot of times, you know, when when I'm talking with folks, particularly in, in, in early meetings, right? I mean, the vast majority of people that I that I talk to have a reasonably good understanding about the markets and, you know, and, and you know, and putting money away that way. I mean, they've, they've done it for, you know, for literally decades in most cases in, in their IRAs and their 401ks. They very rarely understand very much about things that are in the insurance world. And I always tell folks, it's like, look, you know, I mean, if you're going to be making some plans, you know, you may or may not want to, you know, use insurance products. You may or may not, you know, want to put a lot of money in bank products or different, you know, different other areas, you know, but don't just blindly think that, you know, that, that there's going to be, you know, the silver bullet is, is you know, is, is always going to be in the markets. You really need to understand how everything works and then evaluate, you know, okay, you know, it, go through a process of really learning the details, you know, how do different things work? How do, you know, people talk about, you know, there's, there's life insurance, you know, out there that has has long-term care potential that you can that you can use it you know well how does how does that really work right because almost everybody I know is concerned about you know long-term care risk but not too many people I know are really big fans of life insurance right it's a scenario where it's like maybe it's a right fit maybe it's not but at least you need to understand how it works so that you that you can make a an informed decision rather than just assuming that you know what what, what that is right I've seen plenty of scenarios where it is a, a tremendously good fit. I've seen other situations where it doesn't it doesn't really necessarily make any sense at all. But you really need to understand you know what what what's outside of your awareness so that you you're really informed and you're making an intelligent decision rather than making assumptions or or just presuming that what you've heard is is true and you know and you know enough about it to make a decision because most times folks don't really know that much the other thing is is you know with, with you know when in there is is I always ask folks you know either in an individual meeting or it's if we're doing if we're doing a you know some sort of a training or workshop or college class or something like that you know say well you know how many people have pensions and um you know and very few hands go up or if i'm sitting on a one-on-one meeting with somebody like well do you have a pension you know most times not and you know and so then i asked the question if that's the case i said well do you wish you had one and almost everybody says well gosh yeah i wish i had one i mean what are you crazy of course i'd rather i, I wish i had one you know, but it's just, you know, that's, that's not the case. I've got, I've got this 401k. And so I was like, well, you know, what do you think a pension is? You know, I mean, a pension is literally, it's, it's you know, it's, it's having an income stream for the rest of your life or for the rest of your life and your spouse's life. So what is that really? Well, that's a, that's a, that's a form of an annuity. Right. In essence, you know, the, they're either either the company that you work for is, you know, is, is, is put money aside and they're going to play the basically the, the role of the insurance company and, and, you know, and guarantee that income stream. Or what they're going to do is have a pool of money that 
that they've that they've contributed to and that you've probably contributed to as well and then they're going to give you at the end of your working years they're going to give you you know a you know a, they're going to send you this packet of your choices on how do you want to take your pension and so sometimes there's a lump sum option you know and then there's then there's always that well you know for your your life only you and your spouse's life only maybe if you pass away your spouse gets part of it there's all those different scenarios and typically all those different scenarios are coming from an insurance company so you know in terms of quotes as to what they uh, what they can do for you and and or your spouse if you you know if you have that pension and in essence you you select whatever you select then that paperwork is then transferred and that money is transferred to an insurance company that then is the one that starts to pay you that 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 income stream right well that's a form of a of an annuity and most people that i talk to though they have a, a negative connotation around that whole word and, and because it's again it's it's not it's not that annuities are good or that they're bad it's just that they do what they do and there are there are income annuities there are deferred annuities that can basically give some principal protection there's a lot of different things there there's even annuity products that have you know some long-term care or chronic care benefits that you know that have enhanced payouts you know under under certain circumstances but most people don't really realize that and they're you know oftentimes very confident that they that they know that's like oh well, I, I know I don't want need any insurance products and and maybe that's true and I don't whether somebody uses insurance products or not it's, it's irrelevant to me but what I think is really important for for everybody to, to understand is to is to learn about different things so that they know how they work so that they can say oh this does make sense or this doesn't make sense and it's and it was an informed decision rather than just making making these these global decisions with limited information it gets it gets kind of dangerous when there's this overconfidence of thinking that you you know things that you maybe don't really know that much about and you know and, and oftentimes that ends up happening you know, and, and, you know, when we're thinking about retirement and retirement type of products and different ways of being able to position and, and create, you know, your financial future. All right, Glenn, I've got one more for you. We've been talking a lot about overconfidence today and the consequences of that and why we want to keep it in check. And last but not least is overconfidence in our own decision making process. You know, we might be a logical person in many other facets of our lives. So we feel like we're going to make sound decisions when it comes to our investing life and our finances. But often people are just not as good at uh, developing that decision-making process when it comes to money as they are in other areas of their lives. That's just a kind of reality, right? Well, you know, Walter, I mean, there's several ways to think about that. I mean, I would probably take a little bit of issue with what you just said. I mean, I, I, and the reason Please I would do. I'm open, I'm open to push back. Go for it. <laughs> well, here's the thing, Walter. There are a lot of people out there, really smart folks that are logical and make sound decisions, right? And what I would say is, is that, or I, what the question I would ask is, is, well, how do you make those sound decisions? You know, how do you base your logic? How do you, how, how do you arrive at, at that? Do you do that with having information that you can evaluate in order to help you make those decisions, right? And, you know, ask that question when people say, well, of course I do. I mean, how else could I possibly make a decision without, without you, know, you know, having, having a lot of good information? Well, it was just, we kind of loop back to what we were just talking about, right? It's like a lot of times folks make decisions about, about, about things in their retirement and about money and, you know, where they are, they are doing that. They're making those decisions with the lack of information, right? 
you don't know what you don't know, right? I mean, that's that's kind of a famous quote for the last number of years, but it's so true, right? I mean, if something is outside of your awareness, you know, or you know a little bit about it, or you've heard something about it, and all you've ever heard is, you know, or you know, are, are the negatives, right? And typically, you've heard all the negatives from from somebody, you know, from salespeople who are who are working in a whole different part of the industry, is saying, okay, well, you know, oh no, 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 you don't want to think about that. This this is this is the silver bullet over here. Now, now they're not going to call it the silver bullet, but they'll give you all the reasons why that this is better than that, and you know, but yet as they're giving you that information you're in a situation where you, you, you have a lack of information on, on some of the other things that are being pushed aside. Right. And so my whole process and, you know, and, and whatnot, when I'm, when I'm talking with folks and working with folks is, is let's let you make your own decisions, but let's make sure that your decisions are based on, on, on facts and information, you know, that, and you, and you understand the pros and the cons of, of everything. Right. That's to the extent possible, right? I mean, there's no one person that can know everything about everything, but you want to be informed about what your different choices are and some degree of depth of, of saying, oh, well, how does this really work, Glenn? You know, is, is, there, is there ever a situation where this would really fit, right? And rather than just, just assuming that everything that you know to this point is, is all there is, right? There's always more to, to know and understand. And if people are truly being honest with themselves, you know, particularly, you know, folks who you know, who, who have gone through the years of, you know, saving into 401ks and IRAs, and they really have never really explored other things other than how to save, you know, using, you know, market-based accounts. You know, I mean, if they're really honest with themselves, they, you have to really kind of admit, it's like, you know what, I don't really know that much about some of those other things that are out there. But I have heard some of these negative things. And so I've just, just kind of always poo-pooed those, so those ideas and just set them off to the side. And, and, you know, in, in my, my conversations with folks is it's like, okay, well, that's fine. I mean, you, you're perfectly okay if you, if, you, if you say after you've learned more about them, you say, no, 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 that's still not for me. Well, then you're making a decision based on information, right? And you can make a logical, good decision and sound decision at that point. But, you know, I would argue you really can't make a sound decision if you, if you don't know what you don't know. And then you're making decisions based on a lack of information and, and just putting overconfidence in what you do know right? Or what you think, you know, that becomes a challenge. I say, if you have, if you have a, if you have a wider base of information, then you're going to be a more informed person. You're going to be able to, to do better and make those sound decisions. And I, and I really think that that's critical. And I think that a lot of times people are, are making what they think are logical decisions and sound decisions. But if, you know, it, it's over, it's one of those things we talked about before. It's just like, well, I didn't know. And if I had known this, then I might've taken different actions. Well, that's what I'm saying. Let's have you understand what you're deciding about. And then we can put all the faith in the world and your ability to be logical and make sound decisions. But let's, let's do that off of being informed rather than, you know, just making, making assumptions or, or, you know, what you think you might know. I appreciate the bit of uh, pushback there. And yes, the acknowledgement of the problem, though, of overconfidence in how we, how we do things can be a problem. And uh, gotta gotta kind of peel back the layers of that onion, Glenn. And I, I do appreciate that and the guidance that you've shared with us on today's show. If you need help putting together your financial plan, if you maybe have suffered from having some overconfidence in your financial life, maybe you've believed in rules of thumb a little bit too heavily, or thought you could manage your portfolio on your own, and you've seen it go in the opposite direction of where it should be going. Uh, reach out to Glenn, evaluate your decision-making, evaluate what the plan looks like, see what might be the best direction for you moving forward. 
And you can do that by setting up a free consultation by going to RoadmapFinancial.com. Again, RoadmapFinancial.com. Look for the button at the bottom of the page that says free consultation to set up a time to meet from your smartphone or computer. Or you can go uh, to your phone and pick up the phone and dial 336-291-3535 to get in touch. Again, call 336-291-3535. Well, our uh, overconfidence, we must not have been too overconfident on today's show, Glenn. We, we made it through pretty smoothly, I'd say. Yeah, that's good, Walter. I, I, I like the back and forth and, and conversation. And, and, you know, I always feel like if, you know, if you come away with, uh, you know, with, you know, thinking a little bit differently or, or having some questions that you didn't have before, then then we've done our job. And, and, and hopefully, hopefully folks, you know, feel that way, particularly after today's show. Pretty good. I like it. And uh, yeah, I don't think pride came before a fall on today's show, at least. So that's good news. <laughs> uh, for Glenn Mosseller, I'm Walter Storholt. Hope everybody makes a great week out of it. And we will see you again in a couple of days for another new episode. Come back and join us one more time right back here on the Retirement Roadmap Podcast. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.